I've been living in rebellion my whole life and not even known it. I haven't even been in covenant with him my whole life. These last six months have been a rude awakening to me. And I've had to spend a lot of time repenting and also being healed of my ignorance. It's not that I was really trying to be rebellious. It's just because I had a lack of knowledge that in that lack of knowledge, I I was ignorant in. And it says in Hosea, my people perish for lack of knowledge. It is not wise to not study. It says that people perish for lack of knowledge. So what do you think that means? And I'll be the first to tell you, I have not been living according to his ways and his will. And I've been completely blinded. And the main reason for this is the church, mainstream Christianity, is full of traditions and doctrines of men. Doctrines of demons that have crept in the, in the church years and years ago. And they remained there because more people than not never questioned what was being taught. It also doesn't help the fact that during the Middle Ages, which is also called the Dark Ages, it was, a, it was literally a period of time for about 1,000 years where people weren't even able to read or have a copy of the Bible for themselves. It, scripture was dictated to them by the leaders of the Roman church. And this isn't information that's hard to find. If you only do like a topical study of church history, you will read about how it always mentions that, that word evangelization to different countries throughout the years. They put the spread of Christianity in a light that makes it look like the faith was just evangelized and people accepted Jesus and yada, yada, yada. But no, that's not what happened. What really happened is that the Roman Catholic Church burned people alive on a stake if they ever bucked the system or challenged their authority. What really happened is that Christianity didn't spread. Christianity conquered. Uh, It wasn't just some you know, wonderful, good news evangelization effort in the beginning. Many of the conversions were forced. There were forced baptisms. And since we know that people couldn't even read the word for themselves for a period of a thousand years, how did they spread the gospel about books they'd never read? The Roman Empire made Christianity uh, made Christianity the official religion of the Roman Empire in 380 AD because it was a political move to keep the empire together as it was growing. That's how the Roman Catholic church came into play because back in the day, church and government were peanut butter and jelly for the most part in the beginning, like they went together. The word Catholic just means universal. And the Roman church was the only religious institution in the early days after Yahusha's death. And then not too long after the Roman church took shape, they held multiple councils that established doctrine and removed everything about our Hebrew savior, his Hebrew customs, his teachings, and they syncretized new doctrine and tradition with the already existing pagan festivals that were going on, such as Christmas and Easter. They changed the Sabbath day from Saturday to Sunday. 
Sunday was the day of the sun because basically what happened was Constantine in his conversion to supposedly conversion to Christianity, he was still a sun worshiper. So a lot of the things that they instituted, um, they, it actually, it was actually a merging of messianic belief with sun worship tradition, religion, and they called it Christianity. Guys, that's what happened. We had, we have to understand that when, when, um, and we say Christianity, but I, I'm not going to get into it here, but it was actually not the Christian. The Christians were not the names of the first apostles. They were referred to as Nazarene. And I'll get into that in an, at another time. But it was the Nazarene versus everybody else that was literally splitting the Roman Empire into two. And when Constantine stepped on the scene, he had to figure out a way to bring peace to the empire. And the only way to keep the empire together for the Greeks and the Romans who were already worshiping countless pagan gods, Constantine merged all of the beliefs together through the catechetical school of Alexandria that was established in 190 AD. I'm going to get into all of this stuff later, but this, this is the stuff that happened. It was a merging of different beliefs. Like I said, it's called syncretism. And that's what has happened all throughout time anyway, because as you can, as you, if, if you study, you know, just other religions like Egyptian and Babylonian and, and uh, Greek and Roman gods, like all that was over time was an assimilation of different gods. Where, I mean, we got, why should we not question where these holidays come from? Why don't we, why don't we question where Easter and Christmas comes from? They have those, they have they have nothing to do with our faith or the Bible. And if you're wondering why it says Easter in some of your Bibles is because they changed the word Passover, which is Pasha to Easter in later translations and Passover and Easter. You all, those are two radically different things. And a big part of what I'll be teaching moving forward will involve looking deeper at the meaning behind the original words, because many of our English words actually means something totally different than what the original Hebrew word represents. And this is, this is, this is just the tip of the iceberg. And we have to deal with this stuff because the times we're living in are evil, you guys. And most believers are really not as prepared for the kingdom as they think they are. And as I prepare to do more in-depth teaching Yah has put it on my heart to also create some ebooks and downloadable PDFs so that you can do your own research and so that you can ask the right questions that will aid you in your search for truth. And I'll provide you with the sources and the information so that you can see for yourself, so that you can seek it out for yourself. I'm not trying to hide anything. And I'll never tell you to take my word for it. So, you know, I'll always encourage you to seek for yourself. Always, but I want to make sure that I provide you with plenty of resources to start with. And um, my website's being redesigned right now, so I plan to have that up soon. And I have a lot of exciting things coming up for um, like what I plan to share. Like I'm working on an ebook right now that I'm diligently trying to finish, but it's all about the name. I'm on. I was working on it this morning, and uh, it's like 
almost 90 pages because I'm telling you what, you guys, like there's so much that has to be learned in order for us to gain the proper understanding of truth. And, um, so if you're interested, I, it's going to be free. So I, this is the second ebook. I have another ebook that I'm going to be releasing at the same time. It's called dealing with deception. And I've been working on this for the last couple of months, but I'll, I'll share more information soon. But anyways, so yeah, that was just a little brief summary of our Christian history and what's really happened. And we have to seriously consider, you know, a lot of people really aren't going to like or accept that Easter and Christmas are rooted in pagan tradition. And um, you got to understand that pure worship does not mean this all goes back to worshiping in spirit and truth because people will say, well, that's not what it means for me. It doesn't matter what it means for you. It matters what the word says. If, if, if his word says, do not add to my word or take away from it. And we add these traditions that were given to us as a result of a blending of true belief and pagan belief. And it's merged together. It's like the leaven that's taught about, like, it's not, it, do you really think that pleases the heavenly father? I sure don't. And that's what part of, you know, some people aren't going to, some people are going to reject what I'm saying. Some people are going to like actually look into it though. And I, I hope that's you. Um, but I mean, what sickened me the most is that Satan has used my zeal against me without even knowing it. That's why I said there's so many things I used to believe and do that I no longer agree with or partake in. For example, I don't celebrate Easter anymore. I don't celebrate Christmas anymore. I do keep the Sabbath. I don't buy and sell on a Sabbath day. Um, I, this is my first year of, of keeping the, um, the feasts, which are a commandment in scripture. They're not a Jewish thing. Father says, these are my feasts. You do this in honor of me. Yet Christianity is the only religion that celebrates holidays given to us by men and doesn't celebrate anything the Bible tells us to do. And it's not, and it's not a matter of, I'm not going to get into it right now, but it's it, guys, it's truly not a matter of like the law being done away with, or we don't have to do those things anymore. We really need to consider whether or not that what, what we're saying when we say that we don't have to, you know, abide by his commandments. We need to understand and, and check ourselves with what that really means. Because I used to say that and publicly, I want to say that I'm very sorry because I was wrong. And, you know, the new covenant is about, it's given to us in Ezekiel. Yeah, I think it's in Ezekiel, but it's in Hebrews confirmed that the new covenant is when he writes his laws on our hearts. And puts them in our minds. And when when the father talked, when Yahusha talked about um, love being the, you know, essential commandment, we got to understand what love is. When he says, I'm going to write my laws on their hearts, the new covenant is about loving our father's words, loving his commands and wanting to keep his word and guard his commands. Because at the end in Revelation, there's three verses that talk about the end time saints are those who keep the commandments and the testimony of Yosha. 
We need to think about this stuff. He made a way for forgiveness, total washing away. So we should not want to continue in any type of sin. Anyway, I'm not going to get into all that here, but there are some serious truths that need to be dealt with because like I said, I thought I was in covenant. I thought I was walking in righteousness, but come to find out I actually wasn't. And that's been really heartbreaking for me and something I've had to do a lot of repenting on. And, you know, there's a lot of things I don't do anymore. And it's not because I have a workspace mentality. It's that I love my father so much and I want to obey him as best as I can. And that's what we haven't been taught. We're taught that all you got to do is believe and receive. And we're taught that the, you you know, the law's done away with. And I, I'm sorry, but when you look at that, look that, look up his teachings in scripture, that is not what he taught. But there's people that will quote Romans chapter 10, verse four, it says for Messiah is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. But the problem is, is like, you have to look up what these words mean because everybody says, oh, he's the end of the law. And, and they say that, you know, that's part of Paul's teachings is like, um, the Messiah brought an end to the law. Therefore, obedience to the commandments is no longer needed. But the word end is the, so in Greek, it's, it's translated as, hang on, I got to find this. I wasn't ready. I encourage you to get a Strong's Dictionary and look up every single one of these words because this is really important for your understanding. But um, the the Greek word is telos, and it means a definite point or goal. The point aimed aimed at a aimed at as a goal. So it's not saying that the Messiah is the end of the law, meaning you don't have to you know be obedient to the commandments. It's actually saying it'd be better rendered as for the Messiah is the goal of the law for righteousness. He is what we strive to be like, right? And you'll see in other verses, like that word is used multiple times and the way it's translated to fit different contexts of verses is different. Like it's not consistent. And I'm not saying the word's wrong. The word is not wrong at all. I'm saying that the way that people have translated the word has skewed our understanding of what it actually really means. So when we say that when when people think that of the word end in English, we think like termination It's like that's the end of it. But that's not the actual word that's used in scripture. It's the goal. That's why I'm saying like it's just you, we've got to seriously examine the word and and understanding the truth by by actually removing the lens of tradition and man-made doctrines. I have been so sick and grieved by it, but I have never been more thankful to know because this has truly given me freedom that I've never even experienced. And just to know and be reassured of the purpose of grace. I, I understand grace totally differently. And there are so many blessings that come from yielding to discipline. The reason we are to love discipline and reproof is because the blessing is wisdom. The blessing is intimacy with your heavenly father. It's not things of this world. 
He blesses you with understanding and, and that understanding and that wisdom brings you closer to him. And it's so, there's nothing in this world that can, that's any better than that. Wisdom is not something that the world can give you. No amount of seminary school is going to give you wisdom. That's why people don't understand heavenly truths, just like the parables. People didn't understand the parables because it was not that they couldn't. It was just their heart wasn't in the right place to receive that wisdom. Proverbs 6.23 says his command is a lamp. Teaching is a light and corrective discipline is the way to life. His word, his commands, his laws, his, his statutes, that, that's the light. That's the light. And, and you can't help what you don't know. But once you do know, you're expected from the Most High to repent of it, to change your ways. And this is the process of being set apart from this world. There are so many layers that must be peeled in order to get to the truth. And Satan has worked diligently to preserve his tares over the centuries. And and what's interesting about the tares is that when when Yahusha talks about the parable between the wheat and the tares, the thing that he was trying to repeat you know, relay to his disciples is that the, the in the natural sense, wheat and tares grow up looking exactly the same. So he compared the wheat to the righteous and the tares to the counterfeit. So um, what he's basically, long story short, what he's saying is the wheat was planted and then the enemy came and planted tares among the good seed. And when they grew up, they started growing up together, but you can't distinguish between wheat and tares. By nature, you can't. And symbolically, spiritually, you can't distinguish the righteous between the counterfeit. But he said before the final harvest, that's when you're going to be able to distinguish between the wheat and the tares. And that's what we are starting to see right now, you guys, because the wheat was instructed to not pull up or take away yet because you might, or I'm sorry, the tares were instructed not to weed out and pull up yet because they look just like the wheat. So how you couldn't tell the difference between the two. That's why he's talking about. And at the time of the final harvest, you, before that happens, you're going to be able to s- distinguish between the wheat, the remnant, the righteous and the tares. And that's why moving forward, I'm going to be teaching you all more about obedience because I realized myself that I have been disobedient and not even known it because I was a tear and I didn't even know it. That's the reality that we're dealing with right now. And it's sickening and it's disturbing. And I know what it took me for, what it took for me to come into this new truth and this awakening, if you want to call it that. It was so painful because I know like for myself, it was traumatizing because I was sickened to know that the deception could be that deep and that Satan could be, it's like, I didn't even really know my enemy until recently, (laughs) but the fact that Satan could distort and pervert the truth, it is so perverted. That's like the best word I know how to describe what has happened. It is pervert. He's perverted the truth so much. So To make it look like real light, which has fooled so many of us today, myself included, and we didn't even know it. 
I think we forget that his goal is to be like the most high. And the only way he can do that is to partner with the faith to do it. Which is why he has corrupted the foundation. That's why we got to go back to the beginning. He's corrupted the foundation of our faith through his the church itself. And over thousands of years, thousands of years, us, our ancestors, we have not taken the time to question, question any of what we've been told. And when people start doing that, myself included, we're going to be looked at as heretics. We're going to be charged with heresy. And I'm telling you all right now, the persecution of the saints in the last day, that's, this is why we got to know that we got to know what he's saying about distinguishing the wheat from the tares, because in the time of great tribulation, many people who say they love God and say they believe in Jesus are actually going to be on the side that's actually fighting against him. And that's what I'm saying is so perverted about this truth that's coming out and how unrighteous we've really been and lawless we've really been. And because we don't love the truth, that's what I'm saying. If you don't love the truth, you will be sent the strong delusion. And I'm going to expose all of the tears and like I said, don't believe anything I say. You just research it. Learn for yourself. That's the best way to learn anyway. I can teach all day about something, but it's only through Yosha's spirit that can bring you understanding. That's why I, I strongly discourage you from going to your pastor with this or anybody else because they're, I mean, more than likely, they're not going to know this either, whether it's they intentionally don't want to talk about it or ignorantly, they just don't know. But take it to the Father, take it to Yah and ask Him to teach you and show you. Because He will if you really want Him to, but it's going to cost you and it's going to hurt and it's going to make, it's going to convict you to lay down these traditions. It's going to convict you to lay down the things that you thought were, were true and letting go of the lies is a really painful process. It's a really painful process and many, most aren't going to do it, but I have to share the truth with you guys, whether people listen or not, I have to tell the truth. And this is going to take a while to explain. I just wanted to let you all know, like the conviction of this truth has, has gripped me so much that it's hard to put into words And this calling is so, so heavy. And I'm telling you that the crushing that has brought me to this point has been intense. It has, it has been an absolute literal hell to, to get here. And I say that with all humility, because like I said, I'm not proud to know any of this. I'm actually devastated by it, by it all. And if I'm being completely honest with you, I don't even want to do any of this stuff. I don't really, everything that I feel that I'm being led to do, like carnal Stephanie, I just, I just want to, you know, mind my own business and and not bother anybody with it. I don't want to, I just don't want to, I don't want to do any of this, but I have to, because it's not me who lives. It's the Ahusha that lives in me. His spirit lives in me. 
I've just yielded myself and submitted myself enough to where like my emotions and how I feel about things doesn't matter anymore. It really doesn't. Because honestly, at the end of the day, you guys, nothing in this world is about you. It's not about me. It's not about me at all. Our flesh doesn't want to submit. Our flesh doesn't want to obey. Our carnal minds, it says, it says that the heart is deceitful from youth onward. Our heart is, de- is deceiving above all else. We don't, our, naturally, we don't want to submit to any of this. That's why you got, he, he'll do that for you though. He will do that for you. If you just let him. It requires love to do that. That's why this whole thing about obedience and his commandments not being done away with and that we're, we actually do need to obey them and follow them as best as we can because not because we have to earn our salvation or do anything to get to heaven. It's because we love him. It's because we love him. And that's what's devastated me because I, I, I love him. I've, I've always loved him, but I haven't loved him in truth. And that's what's changing. So I know that others are also compelled to share this with others. I'm already seeing, you know, I'm seeing the remnant like really start rising. Like it is happening and his name is going to be restored. It's prophecy that he will. And we know that his word, he says, um, Jeremiah, is it Jeremiah? Where he says, my word will not return to me void. I mean, if he says it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And it's, we got to start with this name. So that's where, where the next podcast episode is going. But um, I just, I just, I just want you all to know that everything that I have for you all, all of this really does come from a broken heart. And, and I was it's, it's fun. It's so crazy how like he just, when you're thinking about something, he'll just bring a verse up to your mind and that's how he speaks to you. It's so beautiful. But Psalm 51, 17, it says that the sacrifices that are pleasing to him is a broken spirit. It says he does not despise a broken and humbled heart. And it says in Psalms that he's near the brokenhearted. So I just, I have to be led and this whole Everything I share, like, I really don't have anything else for you all except brokenness. And, and that's, I guess that's a good thing because the word says it is. But what I do know is that I'm compelled to share this and y'all has already told me what to expect. That's why I've had to spend a lot of time learning and healing and being built up in him. And this stuff is not easy to explain, but. And, you know, it's also not going to be easy for people to receive either. And most people won't receive it because the truth is, is that the path that leads to life is, is very narrow. Very few people find it. And the truth is that most people don't want the truth. They don't want the gut wrenching, pride breaking, sin convicting truth because they don't want to change their lifestyle. They don't love the truth enough to be disciplined by it. They might say they love God, but their hearts are actually far from him. And I just want you all to know in all humility is that I have prayed for this. I 
have fasted for this. I've begged y'all to cleanse me and use me. And I've begged him to burn away all of my idols. I've begged him. I mean, begged him to teach me. And I'm telling you, when you ask for these things, he'll do it. But the thing is, is that when we really want the truth, I'm telling you, because it says the sacrifices that are pleasing to him is a broken spirit. He has to break you, y'all. Like he has to crush you. He has to break you down to a point where you, you can't do anything except be humbled by him. He needs that and he wants that. He expects that. And that's just something that many people just don't teach about. And the only reason I can teach about it is because I've experienced it myself. And now I understand. Oh, like that's, that's okay. I'm broken heart. I'm a broken crybaby mess all the time. That's exactly what he wants. Okay. I get it now. The crushing is intense. The coming into truth is not easy. And the molding process of being sanctified is like walking through fire. I have a verse right here. I'm going to read to you guys. It says, and it shall come to pass, (laughs) meaning it shall come to pass that in all the land says, Yahuwah, two parts therein shall be cut off and die, but the third shall be left. And I will bring the third part through the fire and will refine them as silver is refined and will try them as gold is tried. They shall call on my name and I will hear them. I will say, it is my people, and they shall say, Yahuwah is my Elohim. That's Zechariah chapter 13, verse 8 through 9. I just I have this verse on a posted on my wall by my computer because it just is a nice reminder of like A, what he says is gonna happen, and B is like it's the remnant, y'all. It's the remnant's gonna be saved. Not the majority of people, it's the narrow path that the remnant will find. And I know. I know for a fact, I know that people, there are people who are listening to this podcast and I know that they are searching for the truth and I know that Yah is calling them and I just want you to know that he sees you and, and he, he is extending his arm and, and his hand to pull you out of deception and he desperately wants your heart to be fully his and and he's just asking you to be reconciled to him. He's asking you to repent and seek him with all your heart and I just felt felt led to say that because I just I just know he's calling his people like the final harvest is coming you guys and it's not going to look like what most Christians preach about and teach about. You're not going to be raptured. That's a false doctrine too. You know, we're going to go through tribulation and um, this process is not easy, but it is so worth it. And you see what the word does is it shakes the world off of you. Like the more you take off the things of this world, the closer you get to the truth. The truth is hard to find and difficult to hear when our when our eyes and our ears are like literally constantly being polluted by sin and the things of this world, but our Elohim is faithful. 
he truly does fight for us. And here's the thing is like, the more you die to yourself, the more you lay aside the things of this world, the more you study the word, the more you begin to realize that the things that you're coming into, like an understanding of, you're going to learn that and realize that it's totally contradictory to what's being preached in the churches today. The truth is now something that doesn't line up with the churchianity culture anymore. And when you get to that level and you swim to the deep end, like you just can't come back to shore. You can't come back to shallow Christianity that so many preachers and people settle for. And that's why I've wrestled so much with the questions I've had over the last two years and why I'm reading my Bible and just not agreeing with the things I see anymore today. And I've asked myself so many times, is it me? Am I the problem? Am I the crazy one? And I just want to let you know that if you're feeling the same way, you are not crazy. And you are not wrong for why you feel that way. And having discernment, I've learned, actually will make you look crazy to a carnally minded world. Because discernment is a gift from heaven, from Yah. So the world is not going to understand the things that you can see and discern with spiritual eyes. And, you know, one indication of true growth and maturity is that in your relationship with Yah, you, you start to truly despise the things of this world. You start to walk away willingly from worldly things or things that you used to enjoy. Like you start, you really actually start to love what he loves and hate, hate what he hates. And another indication is that of like learning truth is that as you learn more from reading the word and grow more in knowledge and wisdom of our heavenly father, you will also unlearn so many things <laughs> that this world has taught us and brought us up in. You're going to unlearn things that you've been taught to believe by the world, by your church, by the educational system, by the media. And you know, the thing is, Yahuwah is always calling us to die to something. To not learn the ways of the heathens or the pagans. To not conform to this world. And as we become set apart from this world, we begin to learn exactly what it means to be set apart. And why it says that people are going to hate us for it. That's what being holy means. To be holy means be set apart. When Yosha said, be holy as I am holy or be perfect as I am perfect. He's saying, be set apart as I am set apart. The things that we were raised up to think is harmless and innocent is actually demonic. Yeah, I know that sounds radical. It's because it is. The world is evil. And we're not supposed to mix with it. And the beautiful part about a relationship with Yah is that the more you learn his ways and unlearn the world's ways, you can truly see with so much clarity just how much the Father is not pleased with it. We are living in evil times, and it goes so much deeper than the sin and corruption that we see with our physical eyes. <clears throat> and we learn that true, true blessing and protection and freedom is found the more you conform to the ways of Yah rather than the ways of the world. 
Like I said, it's, it's part of the new covenant. He puts our, his laws and his commands on our hearts. If, if, if that's not in your heart, then you're not in the new covenant. Contrary to what people want to believe and say, the new, the new covenant is that he writes his laws in our hearts and our minds. That means you want to obey his laws and his teachings because you love his laws and teachings. You want to do things his way because out of pure love for him, you desire to be righteous and you know that his ways, it says, my commandments lead to eternal life. You, you love that because you know that it's good for you. But people call this stuff religious or legalistic because of the simple fact they actually really don't know him. It's so crazy to me because I never saw this before. But now that I actually want to be obedient to his commandments, out of love for him, out of love, I'm doing it because I don't even, uh, the thought about earning my salvation is not even in my head. I'm doing it because, oh, I want to show him that I love him by obeying what he says. So like, for example, I don't want to eat pork and I don't want to eat the foods that aren't really clean because you know what? My father who created them, he said, hey, these aren't clean. You shouldn't eat them. So guess what? I'm going to take his word for it and I'm not going to eat them. It's not about me earning anything or working for salvation. It's because I believe because of my faith that if he says to do something or not do something, it's because he knows what's best for me. He knows what's best for me better than I know for myself. But our hearts and our emotions, our carnal flesh does not want to submit to that. So understand what spiritual warfare is. That's a perfect example. It's really simple, but religion, the church, Christianity, all these man-made doctrines and traditions telling you you don't have to do these things or you should do these things or don't celebrate this because that's Jewish. It's so, it's such baloney. Like, how about instead of the term legalistic, how about we talk about someone being illegalistic? (laughs) People don't know him because they think that the way they've been taught to believe in him is the right way. When really the way that they've been taught actually doesn't align with scripture at all. But tradition has created such a stronghold that it has really veiled our ability to see the truth. And it all boils down, you guys, to loving the truth and seeking him with your entire heart, soul, and mind. The ways and doctrines and traditions that have been taught to us by men have led the majority of sheep astray. The church has deceived people for so long. And I don't feel guilty saying that anymore because there is repentance to be found for everybody. And if you're a pastor and you're listening to this podcast episode, I love you. I have no hate or condemnation for you, but I am saying that we, we all need to repent. We all have to repent. The church has taught people the ways of the world rather than the father's ways. And there is so much unpacking that has to be done. There are so many lies or in other words, like altars that must be torn down. We have, and, and a lot of people are thinking, are going to think that I'm being harsh by like exposing all this deception and, and really talking about the lies more than the truth. But 
here's the thing. I, I'm very aware of this balance I need to have between exposing the lies and giving people the truth. But Jeremiah chapter one, verse 10 says that I've set you upon nations and kingdoms to hang on. Let me find it real quick because Yah says it better than I say it. It says, see, I have this day set over you nations and over the kingdoms to root out, to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. So what he's saying is there is some deconstruction that has to be done before the reconstruction in order. I can't build or plant any truth on a foundation that has already been tainted and already been corrupted. This was, this happened years and years ago. None of this is any of our faults of what happened thousands of years ago. It's been over 2000 years. Well, maybe around about 2000 years of, of traditions and, and lies and falsehoods that we have got to, we've got to pull these down. We've got to pull the stronghold of religion and tradition down because the foundation is, is faulty. The foundation is actually built on sand and not on the rock that we think it is. So while it looks like I might be being harsh or condemning or judgmental, I'm not any of those things, but it might look that way because the truth is uncomfortable, but that's what Yah was telling Jeremiah. Like there, you gotta, we gotta tear these things down, not physically go tearing things down. The word is, you know, it breaks rocks into pieces. The the word is powerful enough to tear strongholds down. And that's where, that's what I'm trying to really repair the breach. You know, like that's what other people are doing too. I'm not alone. And, um, I, I do want to build and plant, but we have to expose some things so that we can actually build on a the rock, the foundation that we're supposed to build on. And the reason that um, the new covenant involves a circumcision of the heart, the reason that the new covenant is that he'll write his laws on our hearts is because the word literally cuts on you. It's a sword. Remember, we talked about that in the last episode. Ephesians, the word is the sword of the spirit. It is sharper than any double-edged sword. Yahuwah has to cut on your heart in order to mold you and chisel you and shape you into the image of Yahusha. Like I said, Paul tells us in Romans that he's not the end of the law. He's the goal of the law. There was a mistranslation there because they used the wrong word. The word wasn't wrong. It's just the language gives us different meanings in the English language than the original language in which it was, you know, created in. We strive to be like him because he taught us and showed us how to do it. And I have to express the importance of unlearning and relearning because the more you get into the word, the more intimate relationship you have with Yahuwah. The more you begin to remove the ways and traditions and doctrines in which the world has shaped us by. And we don't realize how conformed to the world we really are unless we, unless we root out and tear down and demolish. We have to tear down these strongholds with the word. And what I'm going to explain involves a lot of hard and uncomfortable truths, but y'all, we have got to leave these elementary teachings behind us. 
It's a lot of the things that we're taught is elementary level stuff. We've got to leave these things behind and really start yielding and submitting to discipline and and not look for someone to tickle our ears or, you know, some cotton candy preaching that's going to make us feel good. None of it feels good. It like for me, I don't know who else is with me. Like for me, none of this has felt good for me at all. None of this growth has been uncomfortable or <laughs> right. None of this growth has been comfortable. I just, I was just thinking about that verse in Hebrews where it's, you know, the righteousness and peace is harvested to those who yield themselves to discipline and being trained by it. And when I look back on the last few years of my life, I can see how much I've struggled and wrestled with sin. And I still do. And, but the thing is, is that I like, I actually want righteousness now because I have that peace and I have that, the fruits of the spirit that have created in me a greater desire to keep pursuing righteousness. So like even simple things like not even eating pork, that builds my faith because, um, I, I know I'm, I know that by obeying his commands, I'm worshiping him. And that feels good to me. It's not about feeling good, but I enjoy, I enjoy discipline now because I know what it leads me to. Anyway, I, that's what I desire for you more than anything. I just, I want you to grow and I want, I desire spiritual maturity and, and that's what I pray for, for myself. And I pray that for you guys. And Pray that for me too. Like if you think about me in prayer, just keep me in your prayers because I just, this is really hard for me and, um, but I have to do it. I don't have a choice and I just, I just desire for you to leave these elementary teachings of that spiritual milk. I want you to be edified through learning how to take solid food and have your senses trained and discerning between good and evil. Because the more you do that, the more you begin to despise everything about the world you live in. And that's the process of living set apart. The more you begin to crucify your flesh, die to yourself, you begin to see things through a much clearer lens. You grow in discernment. I talk all the time about discernment, but discernment and wisdom go hand in hand. Like you have to have them. They're like literally like your survival skills, like your eternal survival skills, if that makes any sense. (sighs) The amount of unlearning that I've had to do over the last few years has completely transformed me. I know I haven't really even gotten into some of the teaching just yet, but it wasn't my intention to anyway. Um, it's so important for me to preface these teachings um, with helping you to understand where I'm coming from. And um, I encourage you to be in prayer about this. I encourage you to seek the Father with all of your heart and ask him for wisdom and understanding. Pray about the things I'm talking about. Um because I trust that I trust that if I'm planting the seeds and praying that he gives the growth, I believe that he'll do that. I really do. And um, 
He desires to bring you into truth as long as you're willing to be disciplined by him. So that's all I have for you guys. I had to split this up in two episodes because your girl just be talking. Okay. But, um, you know, if you have any questions, if you need anything, like I'm really, I am trying to use my, um, Facebook and my Instagram because my goal is I really want to build community. Um, cause I'm not, I, I, uh, I'm not going back to church. Um, I don't want to forsake the gathering together, but like I said before, it has to be done in spirit and truth and I can't have one without the other. And, um, so I'm trying to build community. I think there's other people out there that are also trying to find community as well. So if this resonates with you, or if you feel stirred in any way, or if you just want to talk, I have my email in my podcast description. It's uh, you can find it on all my links on my social media, but anyway, um, next, I don't know if I'll be publishing an episode next week or not, because, uh, I don't know haven't had time to really prepare for it just yet. But anyway, the next episode is going to be talking a little bit more about our father's name and um, sharing with you all some sources and some, some, some knowledge that I've gained in understanding what his name is, because it's all part of um, an ebook that I'm going to be putting on my website for free soon. So anyway, I love you all and I will be back with you again soon.